Hello there, and welcome to More Movies Podcast number 53. Welcome to the podcast where we like to talk about movies, films, cinema, all those kind of things. My name's Greg Fisher. His name is David Roberts. How are you doing this week? God day. Uh, pretty well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, as you <laughs> might have guessed, this week we have been to the cinema and seen the new movie Elvis. Okay, so Baz Luhrmann's latest film, Elvis 2022, starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. As you might guess, it's about the king of rock and roll himself, Elvis Presley, and mainly his relationship with uh, his manager known as Colonel Tom Parker. Not that that was his real name, I believe. Apparently a very mysterious guy. So Dave and I went to see this film this weekend. We've been looking forward to seeing it for quite a while, have we not, Dave? We have, we have ever since. We, of course, reacted to the trailer um, months and months ago now. Um, that was a big hit for us, wasn't it, on the channel? Um, a lot of people seem to be very excited about it as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've been looking to it for, for, for a very long time. So it was good to finally go and see it. And it was worthy of going to watch it on the big screen rather than uh, catching it at home, I think, just because... Because it's a Baz Luhrmann film, and I think we, as as everyone knows, his style, you know, seeing that on a big screen uh, is it, it is something a little bit special. It exactly. Is, uh, to to be honest, that was the main pull for me uh, going to see this one. Yes, I, I like Elvis. I think uh, you know he's one of those cultural uh, icons of the twentieth century. Um, obviously, a big name in terms of rock and roll music. Um, so, you know, there was there was an attraction there, but also, like you say, going to see the Baz Luhrmann film on the big screen, you know you're going to get a lot of izzazz, a lot yeah. of colour, a lot of lights, a lot of crazy uh, transitions and inventive editing, really great camera work. Uh, and I thought, for one thing, it was definitely did not disappoint on that level. It was full of all of that sort of stuff. It was. It was... Um... I think that's probably the thing he did the best. Um, that it, it was so inventive and uh, and uh, moving, and, and we've seen this before anyway. And with Basil, I mean, he's kind of developed this style over time. We think back to Romeo and Juliet. We think back to uh, Moulin Rouge. Yeah, and uh, obviously his most recent one would have been um, The Great Gatsby. And uh, I still haven't seen that one. No. <laughs> And um, you know, every single time you kind of look at his films and you go, it's an, it's an ever you know it's at the peak of what you can do at that time, and yeah. it's, it's evolving what is possible. Sure. And so now with all the technology and the capabilities in there, we've got all these layers. It's like a Photoshop file. There's all these layers of yeah. titles and bits and pieces going on, and it's moving. Um, you know, and the the colors are so vivid. The camera movements. So what so what, what ends up being pulled off? is magical yeah and it suits the subject cell you know we've talked about you know alvis is larger than life he is this mythological uh legend in in rock and roll um and separating the fact from fiction is an interesting ring yeah and so kind of painting the film in the same manner in terms of it's this larger than life thing um it really suits the style and it is yeah it's very special to watch really yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's he's one of those figures that, like you said, is he's got a lot of mythology behind Elvis. Um, so, you know, what actually happened and what happened in this film, I think personally are quite 
separate. They're two worlds yes. apart. What we just witnessed was a film about a character called Elvis Presley. And although a lot of it you could say, yes, this happened, he was there then, that was his mom, blah, blah, blah. There's facts in there that, yes, absolutely, you can tick them off and they're, they're accurate. But there was a hell of a lot to do with the narrative, the way it was put together, and some of the things that probably were said and happened that was complete fiction. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely a film about the myth that is Elvis. This is not a... Bi- I think it's kind of a bit thingy to say it's a biopic because it is and it isn't. Yeah. And and it's also a film as much about Colonel Tom Parker... It is, isn't it? ...as it is about Elvis. You know, in reality, half the film is Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. It reminded me of, in that sense, of Amadeus in that that was told through the eyes of Salieri... Yeah, and Mozart's the main character in it, but he's not the the protagonist or the main narrator. No. It was like that with this, with um, Tom Hanks's uh, Colonel Tom Parker and his weird <laughs> voice. Yeah, we both had concerns, didn't we, about his dodgy accent when we seen the trailer? That was the one thing we were kind of saying. Yeah. Oh, that seems a little bit. Mm, but Must to be honest, yeah. uh, you know, once you get into the film after a couple of five minutes or so, you just think, yeah, I just ignored it. I just. It didn't really bother me anymore. Yeah, it didn't bother me at all. It was kind of just like, that's okay, it's a voice. Okay. He was actually quite good, in it? He was. You know, the character he who's playing in this sort of ambiguous kind of, you know, he's like, a, in a way, a parental figure to Elvis in a lot of ways, looking after him, but also a bit of a shyster. Um, yeah, it was weird because you kind of... I did love all that kind of talking at the beginning at the fairground where it's like, we are one and we're going to fly together. You can't be anything without me and yeah. I won't be anything without you and all that. And you kind of think it's true in a way, you know, this never would have happened without the, the coupling of them both. Sure. And there's an element where you think, oh, he's being good and looking out for him. Yeah. And then there's the element of you going, he's also ripping him right the fuck off here, you know. <laughs> And by the time you see him in his older age, where it's like he's really ripped him off, Alvis is in the toilet, he's a gambling man losing a million dollars a year in the casinos and he's the weight of a small elephant, Yeah, um, you're kind of thinking, oh, it's a bit sad at this point. It showed that he was like a real entrepreneur in terms of he, he, he like came up with all this merchandise, you know, Elvis yeah. badges, Elvis on a lunchbox, Elvis on everything. And you can buy that stuff, you know. That seemed to be his thing. He was like a business manager, uh, entrepreneur, and definitely a sort of innovator in terms of merchandising, um, which is like the all-American way and stuff like that, you know. Uh, We've seen it loads since we grew up with it, with, you know, things like Star Wars and stuff like that. Um, You know, uh, talking about great examples of, um, you know, people merchandising stuff to to death. but it showed all that side of him that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like a a music, a, a musician uh, or a musical scout. He wasn't looking for, oh, this guy's no. the best musician. It's like this guy's a great showman and he and he puts on the greatest show. And, and um, you know, talking about Elvis now and the colonel sort of latched onto that. And you mean, you mentioned all that stuff um, at the carnival and we I think we said in our trailer reaction that there was vibes of Nightmare Alley there because we'd actually yeah. watched Nightmare Alley around that time. And there was literal, um, I thought, sort of foreshadowing with it was that scene in particular where you see and it says uh, the geek and it's almost yeah. like um, Elvis is the colonel's geek in a way. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I thought that was an absolute nod to Nightmare Alley. 
I think so, and it, it's stylistically very similar in, in those kind of scenes as well. And you kind of think, you look at that in, in context now, because that's kind of the bit I didn't know about. I didn't know that Tom Barker was kind of a carny and da da da, da and he kind of got involved in, in that early stage, um, kind of on the road of the carnivals. Sure. And um, you kind of look at it and go, um, you can see it's like almost the carnival created what we now know what became the the show business model that as you say about merchandise and stuff, but also uh, the way it's toured, the way it's presented, the, the fact that it's um, it's about human psychology and grabbing people, you know, the screaming girls and everything, which then artists later on had the same feeling, you know, it, it's such a new kind of concept, but born out of these ideas that are from the carnival and um, yeah. And from a different world, almost a different uh, era for sure. Absolutely, yeah. uh, before a little bit before television. Say, you know, well, you know, early fifties is just a dawn of television, really. So it's not like everybody's got them yet. Yeah. Certainly not over here. Um, yeah, so th- it does come from that tradition of like a show, like you say, a carnival show, and um, that was quite interesting. That whole sort of circus element to it that he had quite a few on his roster. He had like Hank Snow, country singer Hank Snow. That was, <laughs> he was eight. that was some of the funniest stuff because they were so clean cut and so sort of straight in a lot of ways uh, in their music, in their appearance, in their sort of, uh, you know, whole demeanor. And then Elvis steps up there shaking his legs and all the girls are literally going absolutely crazy. And some of the boys too, probably. And some of the boys, obviously, I've ever seen the interesting bit, point, weren't they? <laughs> um, but, you know, they were outraged at it, weren't they? You know, I'm not going to oh, stay yeah. on the same tour as this guy. And that ends up, you know, the colonel basically sort of breaks away from all of them and just takes Elvis with him. And, you know, I think that whole relationship between the two characters there, the colonel and Elvis, I thought it was quite well uh, portrayed by both the actors mm. um, throughout the film. You totally believe that, you know, like you said at the start, they needed one another to become, you know, successful and world famous and stuff. Um, as much as say, someone like the Beatles needed Brian Epstein to sort of straighten exactly. them out, put yeah. them in suits, get them the deal and stuff, the Colonel did that for Elvis. And by the end, when things uh, inevitably go quite sour, you know, there was that emotional weight. You know, I mean, uh, that bit where he fires him, and it's literally like. He goes nuts on stage, doesn't he? And then uh, the curtain comes down, and he's literally screaming in his face, "You're fired!" And I was like, "Wow, that was quite strong stuff." You know, chill, was, man, chill. Yeah. <laughs> it was a strong scene, though, wasn't it? You know, it, it was. Really sort it of was. showed how how angry he was about it. And um, let's talk a little bit about Austin Butler. I mean, the guy was absolutely brilliant. I thought um, the bits where he did sing, it was a spot on impersonation. His talking voice. You could have closed your eyes and it was Elvis. And in some scenes, um, particularly when he was performing live, um, I thought in, in some shots it was it was just like looking at Elvis from certain profiles and stuff. He, he looked just like him. Yeah, it was kind of like, what, what am I watching here? Because there's obviously moments at the end as well where they, they cut in real footage. And, um, well, that was... That was Right at the start, you know, when they did the split screen thing. And so, yeah. so they did mix it up with one or two shots where the original actual Elvis, like news footage, mixed in with footage from the film. But And it's very hard to, it was very hard to decipher sometimes. You're just like. Was that Elvis that? or was that Austin? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, there's moments where you're like, oh, uh, it is, it's a fantastic performance. Uh, and 
impersonation of him right on the money for me in terms of as you would say champagne casting champagne casting that's it, it you know the look the the way he carried himself his his physicality the moves and stuff moves, was just spot yeah. on as well it was just and his, it was the bits that i really felt he looked like elvis the most when he was like gyrating and jiggling and sort of like yeah you know it's but also like possessed the, the nervousness, I think that was what really captured me. Like the, the moments when Elvis, in reality, is, especially early on in his life, is quite a nervous guy, quite shy, um, and quite a shy, yeah, character. And the bits where he's doing that, the nervousness and in, in the kind of vulnerability, you know, sort of vulnerability, yeah. yeah, it was really well done. We're yeah. not saying much, and, yeah. and that's the, the kind of tricky stuff to get right, you know. And um, absolutely, totally. I wonder how many, you know, lines of cocaine he took to do all that gyrating on stage. Cause it's oh, I don't think he did any, you know. <laughs> he was just so into it, you know. I know what you're saying because it was so energetic and it was so, you know, it's like I said, on. he looked possessed in some places. But that was the whole thing about music possessing his soul, you know. And that was, that was the other thing I wanted to come around to saying that the music in the film, I thought, was so well uh, put together, so well performed. Um, yeah. Not just the Elvis stuff, because you've also got scenes there that you had Little Richard in there. That guy who played Little Richard amazing. in that whole scene where he's performing, that was amazing. I was watching that scene. I was thinking, I want to see this film now. I want to yeah. see the Little Richard <laughs> film. Do that next, Baz. Yeah, if you're watching Baz, do the Little Richard film with that actor. Let's see the whole film. We'll buy tickets. It was, yeah, it was excellent. And I really appreciate that scene. The um, the stuff with sister Rosetta Tharp as well um, yeah. and Mahalia Jackson. Those those bits were brilliant, really great stuff. I mean, that's the one thing I think they were trying to sell as well. And this is what I'm sure I'm not sure, sorry, if it was 100 percent accurate or not. But they were selling this idea that Elvis was not a racist. He did not steal black music. He he was sort of you know heavily influenced by it to the point that he was living. I mean, he did. He was from Tupelo, Mississippi. He was a poor kid. He did live on the sort of um, the wrong side of the tracks, as they say. Um, so there's no doubt he did grow up around a lot of, um, you know, genuine African-American blues music and soul music and gospel, and it did have an influence on him. Um, I mean, that whole thing about him, I mean, it's actually addressed in the film when B.B. King's talking to him and he's saying, you know, if you do that song of his, you're going to have, you're going to make more money than he ever will. Just because yeah. you're like white guy, you're going to be, you know, it's, mega famous and all this. So it did address these kind of racial issues that have, have kind of haunted uh, Elvis's legacy a little bit it, over the years. You know, you can find plenty of examples of people saying he just stole black music and, you know, and, and profited from it. It is a very complicated uh, reality of the time. And, and, in a way, in a film like this, it's sanitised and, and you know um, they'll they'll nod to it. When I really also I've got to be I've got to be absolutely brutally honest. I think it was fantasised some of that stuff. I yeah, don't think it, it, it was. Happened. Maybe he was friends with BB King. Maybe he was he knew him a few times, and but it made it look like he was best friends with him. He only hung around Beale Street in Memphis with the black artists in the juke joints and the blues clubs, and that's all he was about. And I don't. As as nice as it was to watch on screen and 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 appreciate that side of where the music came from, I just don't think it was the truth. You know, not not no, I, not I, the absolutely. way it was portrayed. 
I don't, I don't think it is. And I think uh, it, uh, the whole thing is, obviously, as we've said, it's about the myth and it's a, it's a story, it's a sanitised version, it is fantasy. It's what they want you to believe. It is. It sounds good and all them kind of things and they're just touching on things. The, the truth of the matter is, I, I, I'm no expert on, on the air, but we know that uh, what the Deep South was like at the time. We know that struggle between... Uh, the the black artists and being uh, kind of shunned down and stuff like that. We know there's divided opinion yeah. on uh, whether whether he stole the music or not and how that all works. So it's it's so complex, um, mm. you know. And I I get why they probably wanted to skip over it in a way. Um, well, I don't think they skipped over it. I think they like not, no, they, in they, terms they, of they not re, wanting re, they rewrote history in that rewrote sense history, but that, not wanting to know. tackle the issue in a way uh, and just go and, and present it as nicely done. And if and you get mean on like they it. didn't want to tackle the issue as it was, as in like the reality of it, that's um, what I mean. I mean, yeah, they, they, they want to get then I get what you're it. saying, but they, you know what they did was they they did tackle the issue in 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 a sense of. Um, you know, portraying things as if, <laughs> like I said, he was like, yeah, but it's like the easy act, around isn't with it? black people all the time. Portray him as the hero, put that in and yeah. move on rather than going, here's what actually happened. And uh, the arguments he got into and the dodgy stuff that was going on at uh, Sun Records and all these different things and how it was at the time. Mm. It's kind of all skipped over. Um, there's little nods to things, but it's not a, real portrayal of the deep south in that time you know there's well, other films that i found it was it, like you know? basically saying this is the music that influenced him and that he literally covered in mm. case of stuff like hound dog and uh, it, that's all right mama and stuff and they show you the blues artists playing those songs and him witnessing it as a child and then you skip to him as a uh, you know young elvis performing those songs in the and that you know that's kind of what happened in a lot of ways. It was like that mix of white country music with black blues and uh, gospel music that became rock and roll. And Little Richard did it, and Jerry Lee Lewis did it, and Fats Domino and all that. I just felt that uh, the film portrayed it in a way that it's almost like it's the idyllic way that we'd all like to imagine it happened. Yeah, yeah. Where... There was this sort of like togetherness. There wasn't segregation between the artists, even though there was in the real world. And um, it was enjoyable. And I enjoyed watching that. I enjoyed that the B- there was BB King there and um, all of those other artists. Like I said, the Little Richard thing was great. The bit where he had Fats Domino and he's like, no, this is Fats Domino. He's the real king of rock and roll. Maybe he actually said that at some point and that happened. And that's really cool. Because I, I, I don't think Elvis was a racist. But no, I, do, no. I do believe he was surrounded by a lot, a lot of good old boys, you know, in terms of like the Memphis Mafia and all those characters. They were just like side characters in this movie. But like you said, if you watch other things, you see that there was a little bit more influence. Ins- yeah. yeah, influence that was quite insidious. In that yeah, sense. and 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 although yeah, it, it's probably accurate that he probably wasn't a racist as we would perceive it, but he grew up in a very racist and charged environment. Exactly. exactly. And so it's a segregated environment. Yeah. So it's going to be in there no matter how you, you're not. Yeah. There's to be something in there, you know, because uh, that, that's what happens. That's natural. So, well, it just got me thinking, here we are. We, we're just white people in, in 2022 in, in the UK, 
turning up to see this movie. And some of these issues are addressed in it. You see, actually, parts where it's like whites only, no coloreds, it says, and on these barriers and all this. So it's it's getting you to think about these ideas. But I was thinking, I wonder how black people feel uh, going to see this. Uh, well, you know, some black people, I don't know, they'll all have different um, opinions about it all and stuff. But I was thinking, you know, because we watched that uh, little clip on YouTube the other week with Ray Charles and he's... Maybe some exceptions, though. I mean, Elvis was a talented guy. Well, uh, okay. Not necessarily. You'd know better than I. Yeah. Let, well, me, let me ask it differently. How good was Elvis? He's the king and he's the... I, I, he's a bunk. Sorry. You know, that sort of summed up how I think some people in the black community feel about Elvis, that he was basically a talentless ripoff. <laughs> which isn't which isn't my opinion, and I don't think is the truth either. But that was Ray Charles. That's what Ray Charles was saying. You know? Exactly, and, and Ray and Charles people, is amazing. You know? Exactly, and, and and that's it. And it's that's the interesting thing. It's 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 uh, there's going to be people, especially in that community uh, of musicians and stuff, uh, black musicians from that era and later, that will have a completely different view on it. Yeah, from a different perspective that. Um, mm. You know, I just wonder how hard. they would feel about the way that Baz has rewrote history yeah, from that point of view. Because it's like, whether Colonel Parker said this or Elvis said that, who gives a shit? It's just a story. No one cares. But when it comes down to major, you know, like issues like that, that people do care about and are still uh, absolutely uh, issues of today's world, you know, whether they say it is or not, it is. Uh, especially in the states and what's happening over there, and the regression of all of these, um, you know, these right wingers over there are trying to drag things back in certain element to them to those kind of days. All I'm saying is that we have to be careful. And it's bad, you know. So, you know, good, good for them for showing it. It's like, well, Elvis was well integrated, and he was well aware of his influence from the um, from the black community. But whether it was the truth or not. I, don't know. I enjoyed but, that side of it because that's all my kind of music anyway, old blues music and gospel music. So it was great to see those yeah, and people think, portrayed as they were as well. For me, like the two the two most controversial areas of of, of Elvis's life and the most hotly debated where there is kind of uh, there's two, well, one of them hotly debated, and the other isn't really hotly debated. Uh, you know, uh, and the first thing is. It, it kind of where he sits in that whole debate about did he steal black music? What you know? What was his opinions and blah blah blah? So, and that's a really key one. The other key one, of course, is his relationship with Priscilla and how young she he she was when oh, yeah. uh, he met her. You know, the other kind of controversial thing. And that's another thing that is skipped over. Basically, yeah, it's he meets her and all that kind of stuff, but they don't get into the details. No. And I get why they're not doing it. They want it to be a rounded film, not get into that political economy, make a nice story. They present him as a hero, and they're getting through it, and it works, and it's fine. Mm. But it doesn't have political economy in that way because it's not. It doesn't actually tackle these issues really. No, um, and so, and that's fine. You know, it doesn't have to do that, but no. um, it, it does. It doesn't to to, to us it. watching it here now. But like I say, to some people, it's bound to. Some people mm. are bound to go. Nope. That's absolutely not true. No, it's absolutely not true. That is absolutely not true. The allegations that are being made are just absolutely unfounded and absolutely not true. Interesting. I mean, as far as biopics go, you know, 
mentioning Ray Charles there, we had Ray with Jamie Foxx, um, you know, 20 years ago or so. We've had Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash film. We more recently had Respect, the Aretha Franklin one. We covered that, uh, you know, X amount of podcasts back. And I really enjoyed that film. But at the time, we found out as well, a lot of that was the truth was rearranged and, yeah. and the, the chronology of it was mixed up a little bit in order to squeeze it all into uh, two hours. You know, they did it, um, they did it whichever way they wanted. And there was definitely an element of that with this film. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the thing with music biopics that, uh, and biopics in general, but especially music biopics that we've seen a lot of in the last, uh, uh, I mean, 20 years. And, and, and recently there's been an even bigger spate of them. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff like that. Um, every single one of them has the same thing, and this and we've talked about this before. But it's it's difficult because you um, you've you've got to firstly please the people you're telling the story about because usually you've got to have permission from their estates or managers or companies or whatever, and they're not going to want you to go and basically shit on the the person it is, yeah. you know, and, and make it sound bad. Um, You've got to uh, present a film that you know people will enjoy, and you're not going to yeah. make everyone upset that you've completely destroyed their heroes. Mm. Um, and you've got to tell a great narrative story that that works, and you know, because life is not like a movie, as I always said, you know. Yeah. So you've got to make something that works in a great narrative sense and move yeah. things around and change things and combine things. Yeah, and. You know that's bit, that's what's done here. You know things are moved around and da da da. And you also got to sacrifice a lot of periods and elements of yeah. their lives. And that's one thing you sort of said to me about that. You know, they the sixties was basically just skipped over in this, wasn't it? They did the bit with the build up with the fifties, yeah. and they did the seventies Vegas years. But a lot of the sixties stuff was apart. You know, they did the sixty eight special and stuff, of course. But there was a big chunk missing, basically. Yeah, it was basically eight years later, wasn't it, um, when they finished up? And, uh, and you know, I guess there's running times and stuff, and it's the story they want to tell about his musical career in, in certain moments. But it just felt a little bit like, oh, you could have done some of it, maybe, yeah. you know. But, um, you know, all of that stuff aside, everything we kind of picked apart there about what is truth and what is um, fantasy, all of that stuff, you know, throw it to one side, this is a very enjoyable film. Yeah, the pace is electric. It's a really great um, spectacle. That you've got the amazing costumes, fantastic performances, wonderful camera work, great editing, really great sound design, some comedy in there, some touching moments. You know, lawly emotions are going. What more do you want from from you know your your visit to the cinema for a couple of hours? It it ticked a lot of boxes as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it it absolutely did. It, it, it had, as you say, it had everything you wanted. It looked great. It sounded amazing. The, the acting was on uh, on top. It was what we expected it to be. It was. Yeah. Um, it was never. I'd never expected it to be some kind of deep, you know, trudging biography of uh, Alvis. I expected it to be the the story of the showman yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And be a stylistic and you know enjoyable kind of wow, doesn't that look incredible and, and mm. all that? And it, that's exactly what I got. You know, I was bumping around in my seats and tapping around, and and there was a few moments where you're like, oh, it's it's a bit, you know, it gets there's the sad, poignant moments and there's mm. the the bits and pieces in there which do add a, a bit of depth to it. Yeah, but 
it, it doesn't go too far into that. I have to admit about that. It doesn't get into really deep. Uh, yeah, it did, I, I felt if it if it would have, it would have imbalanced itself a bit, and it did maintain yeah. a very good balance from start to finish. You felt like, for, for in terms of the world of the film, you got a beginning, a middle, and an end, and that's yeah. fine. You know, you can't, you can't fault it for that. Yeah, it has an objective. You can see at the beginning of what it what it's going to tell you and how it's going to tell you, and that it does not deviate. No. But that works. You don't really want it to because, as you say, it, it would become something different yeah, and it probably that, wouldn't work. No. Well, you may go to college. You may go to school. <laughs> well, there we go then. We've seen it. We enjoyed it. It was great. We advise you to go and do the same, especially if you're a fan of rock and roll music, Elvis, historical biopics, any of that stuff. It's bound to float your boat. If you're a Baz Luhrmann fan, this is probably one of his best films, I think. Like I said, yeah. I haven't seen The Great Gatsby, but measuring them against the other ones I have seen, this is the one I personally enjoyed the most. He's a great filmmaker. He knows how to keep it ticking. It is an absolute... Uh, Feast for the eyes and the ears, and yeah, highly advised, go see Elvis. So yeah, Elvis on film, Dave, we know uh, that he's obviously, uh, he did 57 albums, or there is 57 albums you can buy of Elvis's that, you know, some of them are probably like greatest hits or Elvis sings Christmas songs or whatever, but that's quite a lot of albums for a career. Uh, 31 feature films. He has listed 31 in total. Um, plus two theatrically released concert documentaries, which you can see as well. Um, that's quite a lot of films, isn't it? You know, it is. A, I mean, it's a hell of a lot of films. The Beatles didn't do that many albums, and the Beatles certainly didn't do that many films. So, in yeah. terms of his output, the guy never stopped working. He didn't. No, it's it's an incredible. Output. I mean, the Beatles got four films, and um, pretty much know, it's an equivalent. Um, I guess for for anyone really uh, who's not a, a proper working actor, quote unquote, um, to do that many films, it's it's pretty astonishing. It is. Uh, I mean, we just talked about the film, and we mentioned <clears throat> the fact that in the sixties, which is when he made most of these films. I mean, he did start making them in the mid fifties, but there was a couple of years there where he was in the army from sixty to sixty two, and then from probably you know. I don't know when the last one, I think the last feature he made was in 1969. So he was still making films even after the comeback special in 68. Uh, but that whole period was kind of skipped over in the movie itself. So I thought we'd just have a little chat about Elvis on film or Elvis as an actor, because that's one thing that the character says in the film, doesn't it? He always wanted to be a serious actor. James Dean and Marlon Brando were kind of heroes of his, and he wanted to see himself get those sort of roles and have serious acting job and, you know, get into the drama of it. But the minute he tried to do that, the box office tanked and people were insistent on seeing him be basically just be Elvis. It's like yeah. in the film, your name's Chad, but you're Elvis. You play guitar, yeah. you look like Elvis, you sing like Elvis, your girls are crazy for you, blah, blah, blah. Just because I let you work here, don't think I also let you take my girl. Your girl? I think you forgot to tell her that. Some quite interesting little factoids uh, I thought I'd tell you about um, that I managed to find online here. Uh, like I said, 1956, first film, Love Me Tender. 
Um, followed up in 1957 with two films, Loving You and the famous Jailhouse Rock. It was probably one of his most famous films. In 1958, he did King Creole, which is another one of his famous films. But check this out. It was banned in Mexico after a riot ensued at the Las Americanas Cinema in Mexico City, where the movie had its premiere, final film uh, before his military service. So then the next film, not surprisingly, in 1960 was G.I. Blues. <laughs> so it's like art imitating life or life imitating art, one or the other. But that also says banned in Mexico after a similar uh, riot took place, also at the Las Americanas Cinema in Mexico City. All further Elvis films were banned as a result with the restriction being lifted in 1971. In um, That's in uh, Mexico now. That's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah, it is crazy. But one of my favorite Elvis films from 1963 is Fun in Acapulco, where he plays this guy um, who is obviously living there in Acapulco, and he's like he's he's like a cliff diver in it. Is this whole thing? He's got PTSD, what we'd know as PTSD nowadays, but and he's scared of heights. So the whole thing about him is overcoming the fear, and he ends up doing oh, this yes, amazing yeah. cliff dive at the end. And I, I remember watching that as a young man, and I thought that's a cool film. I like that Elvis movie because some of them are absolutely terrible as well. But for whatever <laughs> reason, I enjoyed that one. But check this out because it was filmed in Acapulco, which is in Mexico. By it was filmed there by a second unit crew with an Elvis double. Uh, without Elvis because he was persona non grata in Mexico because of those riots from the earlier films. So he couldn't even go and do it there himself. So uh, the other filming resumed in Hollywood uh, in 1963 at Paramount Studios with Elvis filming his scenes in studio in front of a like green screen and stuff with all the Mexican locations in the background behind him. And the movie was not shown in Mexico, whose government only lifted the Presley ban in the summer of 71, as it said. <laughs> so uh, that's just like a crazy little thing. You wouldn't think uh, it happened. Banned in Mexico. Because of riots broke out. Devil Mo- So yeah, 31 films over uh, from 1955 to 69 with a couple of concert documentaries coming out in the 70s, basically cover that uh, Vegas period, you know. Um, I remember the Hawaii concert coming out on uh, Blu-ray and stuff the other year as well. That's a really great one to see. If you haven't seen it and you like a good concert documentary, it's it's an astonishing performance from him. He is brilliant. He's a great showman. and uh, It's just fantastic. Do you have a favourite Elvis film or performance? Um, it would probably have to... I haven't seen that many. Um, There's quite a lot of them, isn't there? 31 this, films. I certainly yeah. haven't seen. I've seen more than a handful. I've seen like Jailhouse Rock and Viva Las Vegas is one of my favourites with Anne Margaret. I was going to say, it would probably be Viva Las Vegas would probably be my favourite just because, it, you know... Because the, there's the another thing that was not covered in it because apparently had a, a long-standing affair with Anne Margaret after having worked with her on that. And, you know, if you see her in that film or in anything, you can understand why. She was absolutely <laughs> amazing. Um, but, you know, that would have put a strain on his marriage with Priscilla and everything and they didn't really mention any of that stuff. It wasn't covered at all, but but yeah, Frankie. I think I Frankie and Johnny I is w- would have watched it as a, a youngster, and I think the only reason I would have liked it is because it was like, oh, it's set in Vegas and all the 
hotels and the swimming pools and all that kind of stuff where it's like, isn't this cool, you know? And um, a bit like watching all the Rat Pack films and stuff from, sure. from the era, I think. Uh, it's, always, it's just great fun. But, um, yeah, I, I think the, the thing with the Elvis films... They were just things that were just randomly on tally sometimes on a on a, like a Sunday were, a bit like they were very and stuff. formulaic like a lot of movies yeah. of the old days dudes well nowadays as well you know they haven't really changed yeah. you know when something's successful it's like stick to the formula we want formula yeah. the formula works and unfortunately for Elvis he just ended up in a load of poorly written you know embarrassingly conceived scenarios where you know there's probably out of the 30 films, maybe five or six of them there where they're, they're a decent watch. And yeah. and I think he did have a talent as an actor, but he's one of those figures that's so well-known as what he is. It's very hard for you to buy him as anything else other than an Elvis kind of character, you know? You couldn't just put him in an ensemble cast and he's like the Dirty Dozen and you've got, a, you know, a Lee Marvin and Donald... Sutherland and John Cassavetes and Elvis. Elvis is the Dirty Dozen, you know. No, it's a bit like you can see the same kind of thing with someone like The Rock. That, um, however hard The Rock has tried to be, I want to be an actor and do serious things. You see The Rock in a film and you go, it's The Rock. Mm. There's no escaping it. And uh, I think it's always like when you're a larger than life celebrity known for something else. and then you step into the world. How you can't really do it, you know. I can't think of any example where it's worked. No. Where you go, well, yes, they've become a great actor and being able to disappear into roles, you know. Yeah. It, it never really. I can't think of any time it's ever worked. So and Elvis is basically a victim of his own success in that sense. And yeah. He never really got to fulfil his desires of being a James Dean or a Marlon Brando because, at the end of the day, hey, you're Elvis. Be happy with that. But yeah, 31 films, hell of a career there. Do you have a favourite Elvis film if you're watching this now? Let us know in the comments. It'd be great to uh, educate us because, like we said, we haven't seen uh, all 31 films. We don't know. There might be some of them there that we're being a little bit unkind to because we haven't actually watched it and it's actually a really good film. Let us know. Give us your top five. Let us know your favourite one in the comments. It'd be great to hear from you. So, if you are a regular viewer, you may have noticed this is More Movies Podcast, episode 53. We were called More Movies Weekly. We're not going to be going out on a weekly basis from this point on, though we will still be going out on a regular basis, but we have slightly rebranded to More Movies Podcast, just to let you know if you've been watching and gone, what's happening here? Now you know. (laughs) Uh, That just also leaves us enough time to tell you about... uh, our website, which has lots of different film reviews and articles and loads of film-based stuff on it. That's moremovies.co.uk. Uh, you can find all our podcasts on there. We've been podcasting now for a couple of years, so every single episode's on there. Uh, and loads of, like I say, reviews and different like top fives and top sevens and top nines and all sorts of different articles uh, to do with different movies um, and reviews we've done. So do go and check that out if you're into this whole more movies thing. Absolutely. And remember, if you want to listen to it as an audio-only format, uh, maybe you're cooking in the kitchen or going for a jog and you'd like to listen to us instead of uh, watching our ugly mugs, then you can jump on to Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, all the usual platforms, and you'll find all our episodes there. 
and uh, and on Anchor. And there's a link in the description down below with all that information. And why not join us on social media? We are at More Movies for You on most of the platforms. Come and have a chat with us on Twitter or join us on Instagram and see what we're up to there. It's always good to see you. And if you want to have a live chat with us, join our Discord server. All the links are in the description down below. And if you would like to support what we're, we're doing and uh, buy us a few coffees to help us get the lights on, you can jump over to buymeacoffee.com and uh, donate there. We really appreciate all the support and help that you give us. Um, and we've, of course, also got a Patreon where you can jump over there and join one of our packages every month. So that's it for this episode. Thanks very much for tuning in and listening. Please leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of the show and subscribe. Hit the bell button so you know when we're bringing out new content because we also do um, film reviews here, sometimes do trailer reactions, stuff like that. We've got stuff coming out all the time. Smash that bell button and then you'll never miss a thing from us. Dave, anything to say before we leave? Just that, ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. That's it for this video. Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. And remember to like, share and subscribe right here on YouTube. For more film reviews and articles, check out our website, moremovies.co.uk. And join us on social media, at moremovies4u. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all across the board. You know the score. If you enjoy what we do, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com or join us on one of our packages on Patreon. The links are in the description down below. And for more film-tastic content, click one of the buttons on screen now.